Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. That has nothing to do with what I've got to preach tonight, but I just felt like somebody needs to know you got to have a personal encounter with Jesus and a personal relationship with Jesus. 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse number 1. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Now let's jump over into the New Testament in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart for Jerusalem. Jesus is talking to the disciples here. That they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. And in this message, hopefully we'll get to tie these scriptures together, but what the Lord has put on my heart to preach is when this becomes that. When this becomes that. Could you put your Bibles down, but lift up your hands and your voices, and let's just pray to the King of kings and the Lord of lords that he would have his way in this service tonight. Father God, Lord, we just want to be your vessels to be used by you, O Lord. God, we pray that your spirit would anoint each and every one of us, God, for what your will has in store for us, God. I pray that you would bind every hindrance that comes against us in the mighty name of Jesus and that you would loose everything that you want to from heaven tonight. We give you all glory and all honor in Jesus' mighty name. You may be seated. I don't know about you. But I'm so thankful for this revival that we've been in. Amen. Aren't you thankful for these services that we've been in? I'm thankful that I get to hear from the Lord more often than I normally do in service-wise. My soul needs to hear from Him. Amen. I need to hear from His Word. And I know that this is the last night of revival per se. But I want you to know that tonight doesn't end revival. This may be the end of a series of services in a collective row, but this is not the end of revival for MPC. No, but I do believe that if we as the body are willing to get up and march the kingdom of God forward, that we will begin to see the fruit of this revival. Because I know we just get used to saying that, oh, we're going to revival. It's just going to be some fun services. We're just going to go to church a few nights in a row. But revival means that there was something dead and it's going to get revival 
revived, that something is going to be put inside of it so that it will live again. And I'm come to tell somebody tonight that just because Sunday night may be the end of revival, it is not the end of NPC's revival. That there is still something that is going to be put inside of us that is going to give us life, that is going to give us power, and that is going to give us resurrection. I don't know about you, but I can't think that this revival could have come at a more better time for me personally. I think that tonight could be a night of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I know most of us already have the Holy Ghost in this place, but I think it could be a night of renewal. I know that it's sometimes we just think that life needs to be put into something dead, but maybe just that life needs to be renewed. I've come to tell you that God isn't done with us just yet, but I am declaring right here and right now that this church will see revival, but this isn't that. All right. Or yet, anyway. I couldn't tell you how excited I got this morning when Dad started preaching on Elijah from 1 Kings 18. I was kind of getting pumped. I felt a confirmation from God on what he would have for us here tonight. Pastor Dylan solidified it whenever he started talking about Elijah before the service began. So I kind of feel like we're going into the right vein tonight. Elijah, as most of us know from Pastor's message this morning, that was a wonderful message. But we, Elijah came from a learning experience which brought him to the place that was before King Ahab. Now Ahab wasn't pleased with what Elijah had been up to up until this point because from the time that Elijah was with the widow to the point that it starts in chapter 18, it said that three years had passed. Now Ahab was brought up in a lineage of idolatrous rulers, so he did what was set before him and he done what was done before him. Ahab had made Israel into a nation of idols. Elijah, being the prophet of God, came to put an end to all of that. So now, through Obadiah, Elijah is now in the presence of King Ahab. 1 Kings 18 and 16 says, So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, And Ahab went to meet Elijah, and it came to pass that when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Have you been messing everything up for me? That I've worked for Elijah? Have you been messing everything up that I've worked so hard to put into place? Why you got to be tearing all my stuff up? Why you got to be just messing everything up that I've put in place? I got a good thing going on here, Elijah. And you're just making crazy stuff happen. Elijah lets him know what's about to go down right after that by commanding the king Ahab to gather the prophets of Baal. What I want you to understand is this man, Elijah, who is at the brook being fed by raisins, ravens in the wild, going to the widow's house, was being hunted down by this king, now stands before the king and commands the king. He tells him, you know what you're going to do? You're going to get your prophets and put them in front of me. That's, that's some boldness coming out of old Elijah. You want to know what that can do to you? That gives you the authority to command carnal rulers to obey you. 
And we all know what happens after this. Elijah gets to stand on top of Mount Carmel with 850 idolatrous prophets in a showdown of the gods. 1 Kings 18 and 21, and Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt thee between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. Ain't got nothing to say to that, Elijah. What this shows us is that if we want revival, then we cannot be serving two masters. There is some of us here tonight that come to church just to fill a seat and think it checks us off on a list that we will make it to heaven just because we're filling a seat in the temple of God. But that is not the case because if you're here just to fill some kind of self-satisfaction thinking that your attendance will lead you to your salvation, you are sorely mistaken. Because if God wanted his church to be stationary, he wouldn't have called us to be never moving. He maybe would have called us the chair. Or maybe he would have called us the love seat of Christ. Maybe he would have called us the lazy boy of Christ. But oh, we have been guilty of some of that before. We've been guilty of acting like that before. We like to have church up until it comes up that I have to get involved in the church. I just like showing up on Sunday morning and Sunday night. I like showing up on revival, but I just like to be in my seat and listen to the music. And and maybe the preacher will get up and preach a message, then I'll I'll clap my hands, but that's probably going to be it. I might put a fiver in the offering plate, but that's probably going to be it for me. When altar goes up, I'm probably just going to go ahead and make my exit right here and right now. That's a stationary mindset. If God wanted us to be stationary, he wouldn't have called us the body of Christ because the body was created to move. The body was created to act. The body was created to do things that stationary things could not do. The body was not created to be the bed where you would rest on. The body was not created to be the chair where you would just sit. No, the body was created to walk. The body was created to talk. The body was created to do. That is why we are called the body of Christ we're not called to be lazy we're not called to be just sitting on a chair we're called to do maybe I like saying I'm in the body up until it's time for my part of the body to do the work the eye is convenient up until the eye decides it wants to not see anymore I like coming to Revival because that means I'm going to hear some good music and a powerful worship team. I'm pumped to be here on Sunday night because that means the choir is going to sing. Oh boy, maybe they're going to sing my favorite song. But wait a minute, preacher. When the preacher gets up, you want me to start saying amen? That's getting a little difficult. You want me to actually stand up and worship God when they're singing? I don't know if I like that. You're crazy, man. That's some tough stuff. Now, Elijah stands in front of all these priests of idols. And along with that, the whole nation of Israel is watching them as this happens. The prophets of Baal try their hardest. And as we know, it comes to no avail. 
For it says in 1 Kings 18 and 26, And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called it on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. So from morning they start, O Baal, O Baal. I don't know what they say to Baal. I've never really tried to worship an idol, so I'm not used to idol worship. But they go on to this from morning until noon. Not a single answer. Elijah gives him their time to do this. At noon, then he starts talking. Oh boy, does he start talking. Elijah sees how much effort these guys are putting in. You know, he gives them their gold stars. Probably handed out participation trophies and all that. And then he begins to mock them saying, Hey, maybe Baal is like sleeping. Maybe you got to wake him up. Yell a little louder. Maybe clap your hands, hoop and holler, dance like chickens. I don't know what you're going to do. Maybe he's in the bathroom, and he just can't hear you because he's flushing the toilet or something. 1 Kings 18 and 28, and they cried aloud and cut themselves with knives and lancets. I don't even know what a lancet is, but they use it to cut themselves until the blood, and it's, the blood gushed out upon them gushed we don't say that word a lot but these prophets 850 people cut themselves and let the blood gush out of them I almost couldn't even say it right and verse 29 tells us that from morning to evening still never heard a word still didn't hear a peep they never even saw a sign a cloud probably didn't even move on that day That's the problem with the world that we live in. They run to an idol of their own making. Because all idols are man-made. There has never been an idol that was created through deity. Every single idol was created by man. It all started when man became confused and perverted what God intended for man. You see, the Bible tells us that we were made in the image of God. And we believe that to be true, amen? Amen. Every single one of us made in the image of God. But through our own ignorance and stupidity, man has perverted it and tried to make God in the image of man. That way, we can make God pleasing to us. I don't like, I don't know about you, but I don't like reading anything in here that hurts my feelings. I hate being offended by the word. I just want it to be pleasing to my ears because it just matters so much and when we do this we don't get to understand God more we create an idol but then the crowd shifts their sight to Elijah you can probably just hear just everybody looks to Elijah and we all know what happens next he rebuilds the altar that they tore down He tells them to bring the sacrifice, and they do. And in the midst of a famine, Elijah has the men bring water and pour it on top of the sacrifice. Not just once, not just twice, but multiple times in the midst of famine, he gets these barrels of water and pours it all over. What kind of boldness? He's literally saying, I'm taking your life source right now, and I'm going to pour it on this sacrifice because I want you to see what God can do. 1 Kings 18 and 31 says, And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. 
I heard one man say that the reason Elijah grabbed the 12 stones to represent the 12 tribes were to signify that even though Israel was being torn from within, tribe was against tribe. They were fighting each other because of all this idolatry that was going on in the land because of the reign of King Ahab. That was to say that even though all that was going on, they were still one people under God. That the whole nation of Israel, 12 tribes included, were all one under God. I like what Dr. Tony Evans writes on this. He said this, Elijah was preparing the Israelites to see their God work by calling them to unity. Everybody say unity. That's a key to revival. This will never become that until we are united as a church. That's just a fact. Because Elijah showed the power of unity by himself. How does that make sense? He was demonstrating what unity could do when he grabbed the 12 stones. And then with a prayer. At the very moment that Elijah prayed that God would turn the hearts of a wayward nation, the fire fell from heaven. In verse 38 of 1 Kings 18, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and looked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, what did they do? They fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. What a way to show up. From morning till evening, they cried out to Baal. From morning till evening, they did this and they did that opening. They cut themselves until the blood gushed out of them. But the prayers of a man who understood where he was and who he was, he understood his purpose. He understood the reasoning why he was there. And through that prayer, God answered by fire. One commentator said that it is obvious to everyone present that the supernatural had invaded the natural world. The spiritual had touched the physical and eternity had invaded history. I love that saying. When the church becomes united in the understanding of God, the supernatural will collide with the natural. You must understand that if brother is against brother within the church, then the church will never see revival because the Bible says a house divided cannot stand. So I don't care if we've got petty squabbles within the church. We have a greater good than petty squabbles. I've got a greater good than my hurt feelings towards you. I've got a greater good than your hurt feelings towards me. There's a greater reasoning that we are here for revival. Everybody say revival. Revival. What an amazing story of the power of God. But while I was studying for this message, I realized something when it came to this story. And it came to my mind in 1 Kings 18 and 41. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. But I want us to go back to our opening text in 1 Kings 18 and 1. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. When God sent Elijah to go and meet Ahab, God didn't tell Elijah that he was be hunted by the men of Ahab. Yeah. 
God didn't tell Elijah that he would have to stand on the top of Mount Carmel and face 850 idolatrous prophets. God didn't even tell him that the heavens would open up, that the sky would literally split in two, and that fire would fall from heaven and meet earth. God didn't even tell Elijah that there would be a mass conversion through a simple prayer that he would pray. No, he told Elijah, I'm going to send rain. And Elijah, now going through all of that, tells the king, there is a sound. There is a sound. I may have gone through all of this. I may have had to go through the school of hard knocks. I had to go to the crick. I had to go through the ravens. I had to go through the widow woman. I had to go through three years of ministry training. I had to be hunted down by the king's men. I had to be confronted by 850 prophets. I had to face the fire from heaven fall. I had to watch a great conversion. But now there is a sound. I've come to tell somebody here today that if you want this to become that, you better be ready to hear the sound. I come to ask anyone here tonight, are you ready for the rain to fall on NPC? Are you ready to hear a sound? Are there any dry bones that need to be renewed in the house tonight? Maybe you just need a renewal of your spirit. Maybe you just need a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. There is a sound. Acts 1 and verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. The disciples then asked the Lord if he's returning right here and right now. God, have you come back for your kingdom? But then he says this. And we all should know this. Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be my witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. When it came to Elijah, God told Elijah that the end result would happen. He didn't tell him what would happen in between. But he told him the end result. I'm going to send rain upon the earth. He never told Elijah about the fire. But God told him about the outpouring from heaven. That the sky would open up and saturate the earth in the midst of a famine. But when it came to the New Testament, God did not tell them their end story. He told them their launching point. He told them the beginning of their story. You want to know why it's important that we have our ears tuned to the sound of heaven that's going to come over Medora Pentecostal Church? Because Acts 1 and 8 leads us to an Acts 2 and 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all in one accord, and they were united together in one place, then there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled up. And suddenly, I hear the sound. And it came with unity. And suddenly, there came a sound. 
just as Elijah prophesied to Ahab that there would be a sound coming over Israel. I'm here to tell us right here and right now that I hear a sound. Can you hear it? Are your ears tuned? Maybe you just need to perk your ears up a little bit. Can you hear the wind rushing through this sanctuary? God is trying to do something. You've just got to be willing to hear it. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I feel as though that heaven is connecting with earth right here, right now. I believe that God is not done with us. I know with Elijah, we think that tonight's going to be the end of revival, that this is the end point, that this is going to be the outpouring, but I don't believe that's the case. I believe that this is the launching point, that God is going to put us into a shifting moment, that God is going to put us into a new spiritual realm. I believe that new supernatural doors will begin to open up and we will see natural correspondence. I believe that there are going to be things that are done in the supernatural that we are going to see within the natural. I believe that there are going to be prayers that will open up in the supernatural that you will see happen in your natural lives. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I feel as though the supernatural is trying to make itself known within this natural body. And while the 120 were in the upper room receiving revival... Devout men stood outside. Devout men. And they said, are these people Galileans? Because we're all from different nationalities. Different walks of life. Different nations. Different tribes. We all speak different languages. We can hardly talk to one another. But yet what's going on in that upper room, every single one of us can understand what each and every one of them are saying. You tell me any other God that can speak in every language that was ever created and it all speak the same message. Come on. Yes, sir. Then they began to mock the disciples by saying that they're full of new wine. Oh boy, somebody's getting a little tipsy out there. I'm talking a bunch of nonsense. I know it's Passover, but you guys, you're just getting a little lit over there. It's getting a little much. But watch what happens in Acts 2 and 14. But Peter, standing up with the 11, what's he showing us? Unity. He was united. Peter didn't stand alone. He was with his brothers. He was with his sisters. Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell within Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. You boys ought to listen up to what I got to say right here and right now. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. And I believe that this is where God is wanting us to understand where it says in Acts 2 and 16, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. You see, we as the church have come to a place where we think fire is the last experience we will ever need. But I've come to tell you, there is an outpouring on the other side of a fire that's waiting for NPC tonight. There is an outpouring of a Holy Ghost revival that is on the other side of the fire. We think that if we were Elijah, that the fire would be the last thing we get to see. The number one killer of revival is contentment. Elijah just could have been content with where he was. 
the prophets and the disciples could have been content with where they were. Now, yes, I'm thankful that God opened up heaven and let fire fall from heaven for Elijah. And I'm thankful for the conversion of the nation that happened. And I'm thankful that God sent the abundance of rain. Yes, I'm thankful that on the day of Pentecost, as 120 were in one accord, that God opened up the heavens and poured out the Holy Ghost. But we must decide if we want this to become that. It all decides on a decision if you're willing and if you're ready. Zach, do you mind uh, to start getting ready? And if you'll get the picture, please. Our God is a gentleman in a sense that that's how we would understand it. God's not going to invade you with a revival. God's not going to force a revival on you. We've got to be willing to allow revival. We have to allow God access to us. So if we want of this moment that we are in right now to coincide with a that possibility that God has opened up for us, we have to make that decision for ourselves. Yes, I'm thankful for what God has done through this. But in order for transformation, we have to make a decision for ourselves. Can you dip your finger in that? You think that's enough for revival? I can, I can just put a little finger in it and I, I feel something. Woo. I got that chill down my back. It felt good. That's not the case. God's not wanting just a little bit. He's wanting, he's wanting to saturate you. He's wanting to cover you from head to toe. He's not wanting you to just put your little finger in it, but he's wanting an outpouring. He's not calling, I'm not done with you, Zach. You put that towel up because God's not just wanting a little bit. He's wanting every bit of it. He's wanting the outpouring. But you've got to make your decision now. I'm not here for the drizzle. I'm not here for the little bit of spittle. I'm here for the outpouring. If we want this to become that, we have to be ready for the outpouring. Come on, if you're ready, you ought to lift up your voices right now and declare it unto the King of kings and unto the Lord of lords. This is not the end for NPC. This is a launching point. This is... Some of you thought that ministries were dead in your life. Some of you thought that promises were dead in your life. Some of you thought that prophecies were dead in your life. But this is a launching point for the Medora Pentecostal Church. Somebody ought to glorify God. This is not the end of your story. This is just for you to go forward. This is for you to go forward in the kingdom. It has to come from a place that says, God, take me from this to that. This is nice, but that is so much better. You parents. This is nice for your kids. But the outpouring is so much better. The fire is nice. I love seeing God move through the fire of the Holy Ghost. 
But when the outpouring comes of the rain and the Holy Ghost of God, People around me start acting a little different. It has to come from a place where we say, God, take me from this to that. And just as you poured out your authority for Elijah, and just as you poured out your spirit to those in the upper room, just as Peter prophesied to those around him on the day of Pentecost, I say to you today, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Acts 2 and 17. How many know we're living in the last days? It just takes a glance at the news to understand that we are in the last days. And it shall come to pass in the last days, God saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That means everybody, every last one, all flesh. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. It will not be a light drizzle. It will not be a misting on all flesh. God, it would be like a pitcher, and he says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. There will be no one that gets to stand outside of the outpouring in the last days because God's saying in the last days I will pour myself on every last bit of flesh that is on the earth in the last days I will pour out my spirit Peter's words ring true today that at the moment that this becomes that there will be an outpouring of anointing upon your families an anointing over your marriages, an anointing over your heart and your mind, an anointing over your words and your actions, an anointing that follows you everywhere you go. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. We won't have revival until there is a desperation for the saturation of the Holy Ghost. We will not see it until there is someone who decides they are hungry enough for the outpouring of God. Somebody's got to give God access so that he can pour himself out upon all flesh yes we want the fire Jeremiah said it's like a fire shut up in my bones but until the saturation of the Holy Ghost comes this is not that but when you hear the sound sometimes it doesn't have to be loud you could be sitting in your house and hear the sound. You could be on the job with all sorts of craziness going on around you and hear the sound. How is it that God's voice can be like brass, but yet speak in the still small voice? Joel 2 and 23. Be glad then. Ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. Joel 2 and 25, and I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Somebody get a hold of that. 
I will restore to you the years that the enemy has taken from you. When the outpouring comes, it doesn't just bring the refreshingness. It doesn't just bring new life, but it brings a renewal. For I will restore to you the years of the locust that have eaten and the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, and ye shall eat plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. You young people hear that when you're sitting in school and it feels uncomfortable to talk about God. You will never have to be ashamed. Whenever you're on the job and it's getting uncomfortable and they start talking about God, they start pointing you out. My people shall never be ashamed. When revival comes, so does restoration. Let's stand to our feet right now. I wonder if someone could just pray in your Holy Ghost right now. If we could just lift up our voices and our hands right now. Because God's trying to do something. God is going to try to do a shifting in our lives. But you've got to give him the access first. And if you haven't yet, just say, God, I want this, talking about me, to be ready for that. So this is what I want us to do, and then I'm going to get out of the way, and I'm going to let God be God. I want you, if you're 18 years or younger, I'd like you to come to these altars right now. If you're 18 years or younger, come forward. NPC is blessed with amazing young people. You don't know what they go through every day. The generation that you all grew up in, the generation I grew up in, is very different for what they face. But the reason I want you to come to these altars, I want you to come ready for the outpouring. All right? You guys ready for the outpouring? I want just our young people. I know it's embarrassing. I know it's rough sometimes. But I want you guys to lift your hands and just start praying. And I want you to just say, God, I'm ready for the outpouring. I want you to start praying right now. You just keep praying. Lift up your voices and get ready. Jesus. As Peter echoed the words from the prophet Joel, I want MPC to be an echo chamber for the prophecy that is about to take place over our young people. You see, in the Old Testament, they would equip one man for a specific purpose. But when God ascended into heaven in the New Testament, he allowed every single one of us to have access to power and authority through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. So I want us to echo this. We don't have to say it verbally, but I want our actions behind it. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, they're going to prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. Yeah. 
Everyone listen up. Here in a second, we're going to pray. And when we do, God is going to pour out his spirit over these young people. Because there is going to be an outpouring in this church's youth. And when we do, God's going to pour his spirit over each and every one of you. God is going to give you authority and power that makes all of hell tremble. Because he didn't say that he might pour out his spirit. He didn't say that he could pour out his spirit. Or that your sons and daughters might proclaim the name of Jesus. I want you parents that are in the congregation, look to these young people. And I want you to be an echo chamber for the prophecy that went forward years ago. Pray that God to fill them with the overflow. On the count of three, I want it to be an uproar of the prophecies that have gone forward for these young people. Are you ready, church? Are you ready? I want us to get loud. I want us to give God access. Are you ready? These are our children. One. Two, three, lift up your voices right now. God, touch them. God, let the outpouring come. Come on, stretch your hands out to all these young people. There is an outpouring that is coming out of heaven. It's coming authority and power on high that is infilling our Holy Ghost-filled young people that they are going to tread on serpents. They are going to tread on scorpions. There is an anointing that is being poured out on your children. There is an anointing that is being poured out on your grandchildren. Pray it out, family. Pray it out. I want our young people to keep praying, but to the rest of the church, that you're still at your seats, I want you to come to these altars now. Go ahead, step out of your aisle and come to these altars. For the rain was not just for the young people or for the future generations. The rain was for every single one of us that are on the face of the earth. God said in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. So I want the church to say, pour it out. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthen you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.